Hi, folks. It's Rabbi Sharon Brouse here. You are listening to Ikar's podcast, where you can hear our sermons from Shabbat and holidays, our guest speakers, our teachers, anything we think worth listening to that we can capture, you can hear right here. Thank you so much for being with us. Shabbat Shalom, Chag Sameach um, to all of you. Um, today we read from the beginning of Parshat Bishalach, which captures the moment of the Israelites' yetziah, of their actually their actual going out of Egypt into the wilderness. This whole week, from the first day of Passover and the first Seder through tomorrow, we follow the whole story of the Exodus in our daily Torah readings. And it's thought that today, the seventh day of Passover, that our ancestors finally leave Egypt. They witness the miracle of the splitting of the Red Sea and they make it safely to the other side out of Egypt. When I tell the Exodus story from memory, and especially when I tell it to children, the story is relatively simple and definitive. Our people were slaves and endured bitter oppression and tyranny for over 400 years, but God heard our cries and through a series of miracles brought them out from that narrow darkness and into the wilderness where they could finally be a free people guided by God alone. But if we actually read the verses of the narrative closely, or if we explore it in depth like we do at our seders, we can see how this process of yetziah, of going out, was not simple or straightforward. There were multiple stages and delays and a lot of confusion and fear. There was a lot of back and forth between Moses and Pharaoh. There were the plagues and the continual hardening of Pharaoh's heart. There were the specific instructions the Israelites had to follow before they could leave like sacrificing the lamb and painting its blood on the doorposts and rushing out at the precise moment that God told them to. And we also learned from the first line of our Torah reading today that the migration out of Egypt was long and meandering. It says, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines because it was closer. For God said, the people may have a change of heart and when they see war, and they will return to Egypt. So the Torah says, V'yasev Elohim et ha'am derechamidbar yamsuf God led the people round about by way of the wilderness at the Sea of Reeds, the Red Sea. Whenever I teach this verse, uh, this first verse from Bishalach, I always like to show a map of the route the Israelites took. Um, so for now, we'll just have to visualize this. If you visualize the Mediterranean coast, Egypt, and Canaan just above, um, imagine that. The truth is that the promised land is really very close geographically to Egypt. If God had guided the Israelites on the shortest route along the Mediterranean coast, it would have only taken a matter of days to reach their destination. Instead, as we know, 
God takes the people away from the coast to cross the Red Sea and to wander in the hills of the Sinai and the eastern side of the Jordan, not just for days or months, but for years. What could have been a short trip becomes a decades-long journey. The whole Torah might have ended in just a few pages after the Israelites' release from slavery. But because of this moment, this critical choice on God's part to take them on a longer path, the story continues for years in the wilderness and ends not even when they reach the promised land, but when they're only on the verge of it. When the rabbis read this first verse of Bishalach, they rightly want to know, why would God do this? Why would God take the Israelites on a longer, more circuitous, roundabout course when they could have reached Canaan in just a few days? The verse itself gives one possible answer. It says that God diverts them from the shorter path because God knows that upon seeing Philistine warriors on the southern coast of Canaan, the Israelites would surely panic and quickly turn around to go back to Egypt. And this makes a lot of sense. We've read the Torah and we know the hearts of these traumatized ex-slaves. We know from the chapters to come that the Israelites will spend much of their journey complaining and being afraid and believing that it would have been better to remain slaves in Egypt than to endure the challenges and obstacles on the path God chooses for them. But this reasoning doesn't satisfy the rabbis. Many of them still wonder about God's guiding the Israelites on a longer meandering route because the verse says, when, the, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, ki karov hu, because it was closer. Reading this phrase, because it was closer, Rashi says God diverted the Israelites away from the Philistines precisely because that route was shorter. And therefore, it would have been easy and too tempting to turn around and go back to Egypt. Others like the Ibn Ezra and the Rambam say that God specifically took them on a longer course because they needed time in the wilderness to learn what it means to be free and to be in relationship with each other and God. They needed a long journey through the wilderness to learn that the promised land could only be reached when they had evolved into a unified nation of faithful and righteous people. In the Talmud, the rabbis tell a parable relating to this that teaches how in life, sometimes the longer, harder way is ultimately better than the shorter, easier way. You can probably guess why this particular verse caught my eye this week and why I'm thinking about how the Israelites' yetziah was much longer and more complex than they might have wished or expected. If I can be so bold as to consider this past year of pandemic like a kind of Mitzrayim, like the narrow and painful place our ancestors endured, and bold enough to compare our emergence from this narrowness to our ancestors, Yitziah, it makes sense that the way out would not be clear, easy, or short. And that's the truth. 
we find ourselves today on a path out of the darkness that is not short or simple. On the one hand, there's been real progress and there's so much to be hopeful about. So many people are finally getting vaccinated. Many of us were able to share Passover with family this year. Grandparents have been holding their new grandbabies for the first time. Kids are heading back to school in person. We're preparing for in-person gatherings. And our beloved Allie Weinstein, thank God, is recovering well. On the other hand, we're still living with so many unknowns and there's so much more to do to make sure that all people are protected from the virus, which is now spiking again in several states. And we're tired and we're beleaguered. Enduring over a, a year of crisis has been so, so hard on all of us. So at this moment, we are emerging out of the narrow darkness, but the transition is gradual and awkward and blurry. The route is not short or easy. It's long and meandering. And I cannot say, and I will not say, that this longer, harder path is necessarily the right path. I cannot apply the words of Ibn Ezra and Rambam to this moment, believing that it's better to endure more hardship so that we can become wiser or more appreciative or more unified. All I can say is that our path, just like that of the Israelites, is longer and harder. This past week, Rabbi Tzadok, Rabbi Kasher, and I were speaking about this strange moment we're in and what it will mean to emerge from the pandemic as a community, not logistically, but spiritually. And Rabbi Tzadok wisely said that as we begin to emerge and find our way back to each other in stages, we're going to need some kind of ritual, some kind of spiritual mechanism for our gradual reunion. Because we're not simply turning back the clock of time to who and what we were before. We've all been changed by this. We've all been living a different story of hardship. And we have to acknowledge that when we return to each other. Besides that first verse in our Parsha today, we also read that when the Israelites left Egypt, Moses and Miriam each brought something with them. In an audacious act of hope, Miriam not only packed her matzah, she also packed her timbrel. When the Israelites found themselves on the opposite bank of the Red Sea, saved from the Egyptians, she led the people in song. Even in the dark confines of Egypt, she knew that there would, there would be a time for singing and dancing and celebration. And in an act of love, the Torah tells us that Moses remembered not only to bring his matzah, but to bring the bones of his ancestor Yosef to fulfill his wish that he be buried not in Egypt, but in the promised land. In the chaotic Yetziah, Moses had the foresight and the wisdom and the love to remember those who did not live to see the Yitziah, who didn't make it to the opposite bank of the sea. So this is the Torah I want us to hold today, the Torah of Miriam and of Moses, that even on this long uncertain path out of the darkness and narrowness, 
that we are sure to take with us not only the essentials, the matzah, what we need to survive to get through this, but that somehow we make sure to bring our bones and to bring our timbrels. We can be as sure as Miriam was that ahead of us, there will be ecstatic moments of joy and song and dance and relief and triumph. Though the road is long, we must keep our hope and sing loud when the moments of joy come. And we must carry with us the memories and the spirits of those who are not were not able to make it through. We must make sure to carry their dreams with us for a better world. We are stepping into the light slowly and we're getting there together. May we bring our timbrels and our bones. May we keep alive our hope and our love for each other. Shabbat Shalom. Hey everybody, Randy Sklar here. I'm an eCar member. And Jason Sklar here. I'm an eCar fan. Yeah, and we uh, love eCar so much. We love the message that eCar uh, delivers in their many podcasts. And we feel like most people feel there aren't a lot of podcasts in this world. I think there are only two or three. There's only a couple. So what we'd like you to do is donate to eCar. Get eCar-LA.org uh, so that they can do more podcasts and more cool things. Because Lord knows the world needs more podcasts. Yep.